Hey, well, it is uh, it is the first Sunday of January, and we kind of started talking about it last week. It's the last Sunday of December, and um, about what do you think about for this coming year? And so I, I kind of want to be there again, and we're talking about that kind of stuff and asking the question: What does 2014 kind of look like for you? And it's not the question so much about goals. You know, last week we kind of joked about. You're going to lose weight, or you're going to save more money, or finish school, or do something. But, but really, it's not it's not so much about those kind of goals as it really is just about who you are. Who does God want you to be in this next year? Who do you want to be in this next year? What is that going to look like? It's obviously going to have a lot of practical sides to it, but but it also has this just this sense of saying, what is your character going to be? In 2014, what is God doing in you and around you and through you and that just shapes who you are? Because everything else grows out of that. And today we're, we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount as the beginning of this series in the Beatitudes. And, and really it is Jesus, I think, asking his listeners a similar kinds of question. A similar kind of question about, about would you be willing to consider a different way of life? I think Jesus in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount is, is, is saying to us, this is who I am. Come follow me. Come follow me. It is the way of blessedness. This is what blessedness looks like in walking with me. And, and that really that kind of invitation was a, a very major contrast to, to what was happening in the day religiously there and, and too often in our own day. Uh, when, when we think about an invitation to follow God that's surrounded with uh, a lot of rules and a lot of obligations and, and trying to somehow appease or somehow justify yourself before kind of an angry God. And, and we end up in that process overwhelmed and frustrated and too often just defeated in how we live our lives and what we do. But Jesus is coming and he's saying, I'm coming to you and I'm talking about this way of blessedness. I'm talking to you about a whole other way of being in relation to God. It is Jesus saying to us, I have come to give you life and that abundantly. It's not the same old religion. It's not the same old stuff. It's about a fullness of life that comes. And into this, we look at the Beatitudes, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And God is inviting us into that process of just saying, what does this blessedness, this character of God look like in us? And so if you have your Bibles with, me, with you, I invite you to turn there to Matthew chapter 5, or I think it's going to come up on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, we'll read through verse 12. It is what we know as the Beatitudes. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Now you understand uh, from the verses before this that, that Jesus is early in his ministry, but he's, he's begun with all kinds of miracles, all kinds of signs and wonders and stuff is happening and people have come from all over 
to hear him and to see him. And, and he goes up on the mountain and he gets up above everybody, just a little bit so everybody can hear him. And, and his disciples, those intimate ones that are close to him, follow in. And the crowds, they gather around that and they're, they're listening to Jesus. And he begins to talk to them and he says to them, Blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed. I think we have to start at the very beginning of that and just say, what kind of blessing is he talking about here? What, What kind of blessedness is he referring to? And too often we kind of think about this, and it's been translated in some versions as happy. Happy is the one. Uh, But happy doesn't quite hit it for me, because happy too often has a connectedness to our circumstances. If things are going well, we're happy. And if things aren't going so well, we're unhappy. And and that happiness can be very circumstantially related. And I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about here when he said, blessed. I don't also think that it has to do with an idea of what I call kind of a this than that kind of blessedness. It's not an act or do or be in this way and then get this. It's not, well, if you'll be mournful, you'll be comforted. If you'll be righteous, then you'll have... It's not not a this than that kind of statement of blessedness. It is not even a blessing like we pray blessing upon one another. We say, Uh, Lord, bless my children in the coming year. Lord, may they find great things and see you in bigger, better ways and all those kinds of things. And we pray blessing over one another and we give blessing. And it's not even that kind of blessing. It's not a, a future kind of blessing. Jesus is using the word blessed here in kind of a way that just says, this is what it is. It's blessed. It's a present kind of experience that he's talking about. It is uh, some sense of inner joy and peace and rest that goes beyond our circumstances and beyond the stuff that's happening in us. And he just says, it's blessed. In fact, I think Jesus is in some way talking about himself. I, I think in some way he's just saying, this is who I am. It's blessed and this is who I am. And, and if you'll come and follow me, this is who you will be. It is a blessed kind of experience. 
In fact, sometimes we, we kind of look at this idea of a blessed life and, and, and we kind of pick and choose through, through the Beatitudes and, and we find comfort or peace in them and, and that's okay and that's good and we do, you know, I, I'm, I've, you know, been there. We've suffered the loss of my mom and, and, and we mourn and we do those kinds of things and, and, and we take comfort in the fact to know that in the midst of our mourning there is comfort for us. And, and we do find that. But I think sometimes we kind of miss the point of the Beatitudes when we kind of pick and choose a little bit. It's kind of like when we talk about the, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, there, joy, peace, you know, patience, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and we talk about them like they're, well, I've got the joy of the Lord today. And uh, next week I'm going to work on patience, but I'm really kind of holding off on that one because that's a real pain. And, and so we, we kind of pick and choose between the fruits of the Spirit. But the reality is it's not fruits of the Spirit. It is the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. And that fruit manifests itself in all that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. All that stuff is manifested as the fruit of the Spirit. It is who you are in its totality. And I think when we see the Beatitudes, if we'll think of them not as individual pieces that we're going to pick out and say, well, you know, I'm mourning today or I'm poor in spirit today or whatever. But, but we see that as saying this is the totality of what it means to be a Christ follower. This is what it is to be his, is to live in this presence of blessedness. It's a different way of thinking about life. And when we begin to think like that, we begin to see something different because because then it becomes, well, who is, then what is this business of the poor in spirit? Well, it's us. It's all of us. It's all of us who have that sense of recognition of a spiritual need within us. It's this sense of saying, there's something lacking and missing in my life spiritually. There's something I need from God. Those are the poor in spirit. Mourners are those who are mourning, not over a loss of a loved one, but, but over their own lack of spiritual existence or life or need. And they mourn that fact. And the meekness is not that we live amongst all the world and you know, kind of walk over top of me and stomp me down and I'm meek. The meekness has to do with how we approach God. We come with this heart of sorrow and poverty spiritually and we are sick of that and we desire something more. And we come before God not with the attitude that says, God, you're so lucky to have me. But with the attitude that says, God, I have nothing to offer you, but I come into your presence. And in that coming, we live with this heart and this life that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. And we will not be satisfied with anything less than that. And as we come into the presence of God, what we find is mercy. And the mercy that we have been given, we give then to others. And there is a purity of heart. 
Thank goodness it doesn't say, blessed are the perfect. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, those who are passionately seeking after God. And what happens to all of these? We find fullness. We receive what we lack. There is comfort for our own poverty and sorrow over our brokenness. In humility, the doors are thrown wide open to God. And He says, enter in. We seek His face and we seek His righteousness. And we're satisfied and filled. And we become people who live out what we have received. The givers of mercy. The ones who have seen God live differently. They become peacemakers. They become those who are intentional about bringing peace to the lives of others. Interesting that it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You know who the king would send to make peace with somebody? The son. They said the son to represent. They say, the father. (laughs) The father is sending you peace, an offering of peace. We become peacemakers. But the reality comes to say that not all those who are offered peace receive peace. Or take peace. And there is persecution in the midst of that offering. And yet the promise is that in the midst of that persecution, we are identified, we are identified with this long history of those who seek and follow and live for God, who too have been persecuted and rejected, even in the midst of it. You see, the Sermon on the Mount is not really intended as, you'll let me say, comfort food for those who are dealing with stuff. I think it's just Jesus saying, I'm inviting you into a new way of thinking about your relationship with God. It's another way of Jesus saying what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's Jesus inviting us into this new way of thinking about our lives and, and what he would want to do in us. It is an invitation to learn. 
It is to learn of who he is and what he is. And, 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 you know, the next, you know, will be seven or eight weeks looking at the Sermon on the Mount and talking about what does this look like? What does this, you know, described blessedness look like when I actually get out there and live my life? And it's that invitation to say, well, who am I, God, and what is it that you want to do in me? Because he's invited us into this amazing, wonderful relationship with him. And in that learning, we find rest and peace and blessedness that goes beyond our circumstances. Blessedness that transforms how we think and relate about who we are in our world and who I am personally. That blessedness that develops the character of Christ within us. It's a life that we might describe, as our title says, as a good and beautiful life. A life full of joy and peace. A life that walks somewhat beyond our circumstances. I, uh, in the middle of the night, I don't know why you get woken up in the middle of the night. I'm awake in the middle of the night too often, um, usually for other reasons because, you know, I'm getting to that age. But sometimes, <laughs> as TMI, I guess, <laughs> um, sometimes I'm there and I'm, I'm listening and saying, God, what are you doing? And, and I'm counting in my head, and I realize that that it was right about this time, somewhere Christmas, January of, you know, kind of the 74, 75, that, that God really came into my life in a way that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was His and He was mine. And, 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 I, and I counted up, and I think that comes me out to about, about 38 years. And, and for most of those years, I, I have been pretty involved in, in either being discipled or discipling others or, or doing those kinds of things, have been a, have been a pastor for um, a long time, almost you know, 29 or 30 years almost, and, and been doing that kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I say all of that to say this. is that I feel God doing something in me even now. I'm stirring in my spirit about who I am and what I am. And, and this is what goes through my head. It goes through my head to say, if, if God is still stirring in my heart after all these years, He's still working in your heart. Of that I am confident. And, and my, my invitation, my, my challenge, my call to you is just simply this. In 2014, would you, would you be willing just to say to God, God, whatever it is that you want to talk to me about in my character in this year, I, I'm listening. I give you permission to just poke around in my being my whoever I am. 
Because in 2014, my commitment to you is just to listen and to respond positively. Sometimes we respond not so positively. But would you be willing to do that? Over the next seven or eight weeks, we're, we're going to look at some passages from the Sermon on the Mount that are going to talk pretty seriously about how we live and about how we function and relate to the world and to us around us. And, and, and I, I want to just invite you to say, Christ has described what this way of blessedness is. He's described what it's like to just be His. And now He's going to talk to us about what that looks like when we just live our lives. And, and I hope that you'll just say, I'm going to take that on. I want to hear. And I want to respond. Because he's not done with you. Amen? Not done with me. He's still working on you. Would you pray with me? Father, into your hands do we give all that we are. Lord, I don't want to be the same guy I was in 14 that I was in 13. 13 has been a pretty good year. But Lord, you are at work in me. And I just say right now, on this first Sunday of the year, that I give you permission to poke around in my life. Because Lord, I know my needs. And I come to you. I desire you above all else. Lord, I pray for my people. I pray, Lord, that in this year you would move in their lives like never before. That their hearts would be tuned to you. That with brokenness and mourning they would come meekly and humbly before you and find comfort and rest and fullness. Not in their circumstances, but in you. Mercy. Lord, that we might be people you use in mighty ways. And so, Lord, into your hands do we lay all that we are. This is your year. Do with us as you choose. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.